Hi, I'm Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. Today on Apocalypse Duds, we are joined by Benji Loveless, photographer, artist, kink model, actor, voiceover actor, and I'm sure much more. Welcome, Benji. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Benji, just as a quick intro, uh, what what's your, your fit that you're wearing look like today? Okay, so today I am wearing, let's start with, I'm wearing a mostly uh, pink, like a medium bright pink uh, short haul. Do you know what short haul is? Oh yes. Oh, yes. Is a, let our let our audience know. A short haul is a short overall, often sometimes called a jumper with like those mm-hmm. straps with the pinafore like you know fastening on it. So it's a short overall. It's pink. It has uh, little bunny heads, little bunny heads on it, um, <laughs> which are in the kawaii style. Uh, do you familiar with kawaii? Okay. Fa- kawaii, kawaii yeah. fashion. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, sort of like in that thing, and then it has darker pink bows, uh, stars, and crescent moons. So it's sort of that pattern all throughout. And then I'm wearing a light pink shirt under that short sleeve with a crew neck with very puffy sleeves on it. And then. So it was a little warm today. I have some sweatbands. I have one lavender uh, wristband on and one yellow wristband on the other with my um, jewelry, my bracelets that I made with beads from the Dollar Tree in a similar sort of uh, soft pastel vein. Today's beret was my dark uh, medium purple beret. Today's beret. I have a lot of berets. So that was today's beret. (laughs) Um, brought to you by me. It's um, and then down to socks is uh, a thin cotton sock with a double frill at the top, so it's a little icing frill, and and then it's a pair of canvas keds. They are the ked triple kick because the sole is triple thick. Oh, Oh, all right, the triple kick. This is triple thick, and it has a little bit of a white fringe on it, and that's the that's the basic setup today. That, that sounds this like a is very sort of a regular warm weather type of outfit. It is. It's a little bit warm because you do have this extra layer over right. your chest, but you know, I, I can hack it up to about the mid nineties. That's about yeah. where it where it's good. To, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I wear a jacket. Where we are today, I think. Like oh yeah. I think probably in Georgia right now it's it's high eighties with lots of humidity, uh, not fun, mm. especially as I love wearing yeah, jackets. No. So, uh, yeah, I love jacket. That's that's sort of how I would describe it before is jacket weather. I was always right. looking forward to jacket weather. Right. So, I wear one all the time, and you know, people always ask, "Oh, you don't get hot," and I'm like, "I'm going to be hot as shit no matter what I'm wearing." So no at least what. this keeps the sun off. Exactly. So I'm a, you know, I'm a redhead or used to be. Um, really? Uh, oh, yeah. I I'm did not know that. I did not know that. I can usually spot another redhead, but <laughs> I did a, not a, know that. You didn't notice the freckles? Come on. No, I noticed the freckles, but I thought you were blonde. You thought I was blonde? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know, which is an insult. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you going to so insult Benji, dude? Come on. It's it's pretty hard to offend me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 a redhead, so I you know I burn and sweat. That's what I do in this this weather. So 
right protection's yeah. good but i've gotten better with the sunblock and i gotta show these legs off so it's, of course you know i don't really oh, yeah. yeah um so benji speaking of climate are you local where are you from yes i'm from uh baltimore maryland <clears throat> excuse me that's uh in baltimore and maryland no, I'm from a, a, a neighborhood called Overlees, where I grew up in, which is like the northeast corner of the city, mm -hmm. straddles the city county line. Um, you know, I grew up there in the late 70s, early 80s. So I don't know if there's two movies that sort of describe the vibe. Uh, you're familiar with the movie Gummo at all? Have you oh, ever yes. Yes. So Gummo. And then there's another movie from the mid 80s uh, called The River's Edge. Which is who was in like that heavy metal? It was um, Crispin Glover was oh, the, the big, big deal in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded vaguely so, familiar, so but couldn't voice it. Heavy metal grits looking for shit to do. That was kind. That's kind of was was the the vibe of of things. So yeah. Or have you seen like heavy metal parking lot ever? That little document. That of course right. I have seen. Yeah. yeah I think that's a so, great film. That, that's, that's the the vibe of of when and where I grew up. Okay. So were you involved in the metal scene at all? Only as much as that's what was, you know, that was the language kids were talking in, mm -hmm. you know. It was and pe kids would have their like maybe their metal shirts if they could afford one and you know, I had my hand me down brothers Judas Priest t-shirt and <laughs> something like that. So you know, I, I was into it in only from the sense that that's what you know, the other kids were into and I, you know, was another kid. I wasn't ever like deeply into metal or anything. It was just like, that's what the atmosphere was. And, you know, and slowly the eighties were there. So new wave and other stuff started coming in. But as far as a lot of the neighborhood um, aesthetics and such that, that was probably the dominant one. Mm -hmm. Was it, was it kind of one of those yeah, and places? I know some about... Oh, sorry, Connor, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Benji. Both are too was... polite to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we both like to talk, so sometimes we, we interrupt each other. But was that kind of just like one of those <laughs> uh, type of suburban, you know, or somewhat suburban places where it was like basically a bunch of white kids trying to rebel against their parents and like that's why they were in the metal or no. I just not necessarily i i okay so that's an interesting so overly is is one of the earlier suburbs most of the houses there are from the teens maybe the 20s like 19 teens 1920s and for my generation most of our parents were sort of like not necessarily hippies but of the hippie ilk like they came out of that that style era and that philosophy era and so they're sort of like trying to take on that guys. Like they, they weren't good enough to be yuppies, but right. they could buy a house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was that kind of thing. And so there was still a sense of like abandon. So there was some rebellion or some escapism, I guess, from, from the different parental house. I know mine was escapism definitely, but um, there, it was, so I don't think it was intentionally like, screw you, dad, I'm listening to rock and roll. It wasn't like anything <laughs> like, like that. I'm going to hang out in the sewer and smoke cigarettes. And uh, it, it, 
but we did hang out in the sewer and smoke cigarettes. Right, but of it, course, of course, yes. It wasn't like to shill anyone what's for or, or something like that. It was just that, you know, go out and play. We were still in that era of like you went out and you went out and then you came back eventually. Right, right. And depending on how trolling your your parent was, you know, maybe you got you know, yelled at or beaten because you came back too late. So that was sort of, that was the neighborhood, you know? Okay. That that, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, so not rebellion, more like just chaos because we were bred out of confusion and chaos. So right. uh, to go in, to go into the, to the next part of the interview, <laughs> I think this is perfect. What was your first camera? So my first camera, I don't even know. I mean, I, I came into photography totally sideways, but um, my very first camera was probably like an old, it wasn't like a brownie, but it was something similar to that that I picked up at a flea market when I was like eight or nine. So very, and very early on you started. Very early on. But I, I this the, me considering myself, a photographer is extremely recent event like uh, of the digital era so i had a couple point and shoots and then i would you know take those along in my outings and then what happened in the past six or seven years i was doing a lot of regional travel to like natural and historic areas and i was missing you know missing my souvenirs so i started to like upgrade the game a little bit and, and eventually got a super zoom like more than a few a super zoom camera yeah. you know that is a super zoom Let, let's hear it though so a super zoom it sort of looks like a like a professional camera camera with interchangeable lenses but it's actually a built-in lens that mm -hmm. has all the zoom capability in and out and it has a small sensor like you would on a cell phone so mm -hmm. i did a lot of nature shots on that and I deliberately avoided taking photographs of people like I was people were in my way I was trying to get away from people I didn't I wanted to shoot the bird or the scene or the old bridge or the CNO canal whatever it was and then you know this was only about a year ago um friend and, and sculptor Mark Sanders whose stuff is up on the station north billboard right now like the station north billboards broad his sculptures like as of yesterday yeah uh, wow i'll have to check that out so he's like yeah man i need i need new shots for promotional stuff and i, I really love what you're doing and love some of the self-photography i was posting of my outfits at the time too sure. and um i'm like um okay mark but you know i've never actually shot a human being before like <laughs> like never, never had so like i go on this first gig with him just to take promo shots and it ended up working out and then i started getting some more gigs from there but it was just totally by accident i, I never intended to be hired as a photographer it just sort of started happening holy shit and you said this yeah, was like I think a year that ago is a common this is only about a, like a year and a couple weeks at this point you can see it on your instagram where you go from shooting nature to shooting um, 
like street photography, basically, that was going to be a question that I was going to ask you yeah. when that took place. But it sounds like <laughs> it was just a more more or less change of co coincidence, right? Like you wanted to do and a change of circumstance because my my travel was very involved with my my ex-girlfriend also. Mm -hmm. I was I was dating a lady who did a little better than me, so she sort of facilitated <laughs> a lot of our trips. Things like that. It was fun. It was fun to be being in my 40s in a boy toy is kind of fun. Um mm -hmm. not I was a boy, but you know, to be like the young one who gets dinner bought for him or something. Right. Sugar mom. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's uh, great. Wasn't I mean, quite the sugar, but there were, I guess there was some there was some things facilitated that I would not have been able to facilitate on my own. Uh, definitely. Um good gig. But um so when that ended, my access to those spaces kind of ended on a regular basis too. And I was looking for new things. And simultaneously at the same time, me dressing up started really coming in. So I was looking for more social endeavors. So those two uh, paths sort of crossed. So I was going to different environments to, you know, be seen as well as to sort of exercise these other uh, photographic skills that I, that I still needed to work those muscles out on. Yeah. And it sounds like you have some good opportunities to, oh, I mean, so Benji and I met at this, uh, street festival in South Baltimore. And I was like, with my little film camera that I had just gotten, I saw this outfit and I was like, I have to take a fucking picture of this outfit or I'm going to die. Like I need to take a successful street photo. And I don't know that I did, but I did take a picture of you wearing a great outfit, uh, and I posted it on my Instagram, and then that's how we saw oh, it come okay. to the show. I don't know why I never yeah, put the, that together until right now. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the dude. Dot little number. Yes, that's um, fucking awesome. So, man. yeah, it's funny. I mean, Baltimore is a small town, but yeah, that was the um, Mount Vernon pride before the week before pride festival mm -hmm. that was yeah uh so i was gonna ask how do you sort through your photos like you go to these events you shoot a thousand photos you shoot five thousand photos how do you go through and figure out which ones are worth which ones are even worth editing it it's um it's sort of a haphazard process but it is a process <clears throat> i mean Point by point, usually I'll, I'll load my card, like literally, like load the card to the computer, and the stuff that's just pure shit, I'll, you know, cut from the card even before I download it on my computer. If it's blurry or if it's just, you know, random. Um, Your fingers in it, whatever. And I end up with this big subsorted file of like the first culling, you know, so to speak. And then I'll just start going through. Now, sometimes I'll actually subsort files before I start deleting but usually nowadays i'm literally just going through literally i'm like that one and i might be choosing between four or five of a set or something and then i'll go straight to edit and then put it in an edit version of the photo so it's it's literally just driving through all the scenery and uh picking and choosing at this point has ended up being more efficient than me trying to be efficient <laughs> so sure, sure yeah i understand what you mean exactly Benji, on kind of a... But, I mean, that that's about it. Oh, go, go ahead. But I do have kind of a, oh, no. an interesting question. 
What What do you think on average? Go ahead. Like, per event is the amount of photos you take. I mean, I don't have enough events under my belt, at least the ones I've been paid for, to have. You know, if right. so, or or maybe in just a if general I'm going sense. Out, if I'm going out for fun to take pictures, I'm taking picture. I'm only shooting what is terribly interesting to me or what I think might be. Okay. Um, I'm looking for those opportunities and moments. So it's actually going to be less if I'm out on a personal endeavor. Um, and maybe like 800 shots if it's a really like active evening or I'm looking, watching someone with a lot of charisma or something like that. Um, for like paid events, these past two paid events I did was the Overly Arts Festival a couple weekends ago. And then there was a family reunion I shot and I worked with this guy before. And that whole weekend was 5,000 shots. Wow. For oh, those oh, two shit. events that were back to back. Yeah. And, and that's because I'm also trying to capture... I'm still trying to get at least the spirit of capturing moments, but there's certain just functional things I want to make sure I've covered the ground of, even if they're not like something I normally would have taken a photograph of or a, a person I normally would have taken a photograph of. Yeah. So there's just going to be more content there because I'm trying to cover all these uh, various categories as well. So f- 5,000s, was for two events and most of them were for the arts fest but yeah i think it was about three thousand shots for the arts fest that i i'm still sorting through and those will be called down to you know when i it submit edited stuff to them it might maybe maybe a couple hundred photographs right yeah and um not a crazy huge percentage if i'm lucky No, it's not. And I'm I'm working on that. You know, I have a lot less absolute rejection. I like there's it's I, I do have to I do find myself having to make more choices now right. as it goes on, which is a good sign to me um, that I have to decide. It's not just like that's the one in focus. It's 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 like, hmm, that that split second or that split second. So. So there are other like more than usable stuff, but it, it's my first batch is going to be what I think is worthy and and conveys what the client is hoping to convey about their event or or retain from it. So yeah, that and you mentioned you know no you got more. your first camera pretty early. What did you have any you know uh, photography or kind of like artistic inspiration? when you were, when you were kind of starting out shooting photos or have you just kind of, you know, when I was like young or for the, in the recent history, I mean, I I think both, you know, if you, if you were drawn to photography at some point when you were younger and then you picked it up later on again, as my mother was, I mean, just in a domestic sense, a pretty good photographer. Like our family photo albums look really good. Like, especially if you compare (laughs) it to someone else's, I like they look really good she just like knew what she was doing she had like a Konica 35 millimeter and I'm, I was actually surprised she didn't expand out well I'm not knowing her I'm not but seeing what skill level she was at just taking pictures of the family and photos of the kids it's it's a surprise that she she didn't go further and probably could have right um so As that someone was there who's and then my albums brother, look awful 
I can't even imagine this scenario, but I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, these are like good photos. Um, and my brother, um, well before I started, you know, taking photos with intention, was was taking a lot of pho- photographs also on, on film um, when he was living in New York for, for some time. This is about 20 years ago or so. He was doing a lot, and um, shit was really good. So there is something <coughs> eye-wise in the family, and my mother was also, you know, again, just in a domestic setting, uh, and an artist and an embroiderer and things like that. And my brother also illustrations and, and, and things, um, nothing you can like look up, but it, it was in the atmosphere to be creative, um, or to try to be creative okay. or there was that drive. And, and so and then, kind of you know, later that, on, it was just a mean. Yeah. I was going to say after that, you know, you, you said you picked it up kind of somewhat recently again. Um, what, what yeah, kind of that's part that. So I, I picked it up like deliberately within the past seven years, eight years, maybe it was again just to document the nature stuff because I was seeing all these fascinating things that I, I wasn't documenting. So it was literally just for a functional purpose of sorts. Mm-hmm. And that's what started making me want to capture it better. So it, you know, started with frogs and birds and i i love birds and i was doing this whole bicycle tour of the cno canal and the nature uh, photography looks i mean not like i've seen a thousand nature photos but it looks professional it looks really like crisp even like the there, there is an animal and you understand exactly what it looks like thank you yeah i it's it's a lot of observation and patience and you know, and, and again, I, I'm a bit of a misanthrope. I really, I like, you know, I don't have, I'm not, you know, I'm not socially adverse in the same way I, I, I once was, or I was for a period, but I definitely feel uh, a certain uh, liberty when I'm out in those environments and observing. I like to see how things interact with each other and uh, out in those environments. It's yeah. all obvious, like what affects what and how and why. That's a pretty mm-hmm. fascinating Well, speaking of interactions, yeah, yeah, yeah. And s- speaking of interactions and liberty, let's talk about kink modeling, uh, which okay. in your Instagram bio, what does it entail? What does kink modeling entail? What has your journey into the kink community looked like? That, that was in... I put that in there. It, it kink is a problematic term because it brings about certain presumptions that it's like, oh, it's kink. It's something someone does to to make themselves sticky, and um, that, um, <laughs> it's not necessarily that simple. I, I I think I prefer to think of it in terms of sensuality. So if you're doing something, whether it's an action or wearing a a piece of garb or having a certain context within a relationship with someone romantically that makes you feel more uh, free, then in turn, if you're generally more free, also your libido and arousal systems are more stimulated as well. And it's just ways for people to find their uh their freedom to be them themselves 
And so we have, you know, different um, tools and garbs and stuff to go about that. So that's when I say kink, it's an abbreviation for that whole concept to me. Yes, it's it's a spectrum in some ways. Yes. So and for me, I had my own. I have my own set of interests and <laughs> and the pandemic the pandemic hit and I was you know I was literally looking for ways to cash in at that point so I figured eh, maybe I can pull this off and, and get some you know I can, I can I can be you know daddy's boy to a few guys online or something and <laughs> um, you know I gave up on that pretty quick cuz you're competing with a lot more youthful people and it's something you have to just it it's it's a, being sex worker is work uh, you of know course. I can it, it's only like imagine. man it is work and and you know hats off to the those that are successful at being you know cam girls or boys or or whatever that can do that because it's it's a it's a it's it's beyond a full-time job it's like a full-time thing man you are on your life it's your entire lifestyle and then you're like being invaded by all of these people who are messaging you and making demands of you um and it's like do you have boundaries or do you want to eat exactly and i um now i wasn't getting to taste that yet i realized i was not even going to get to taste that (laughs) so it was just kind of like this isn't going to work and i'm not sure that this is what I want to dedicate all of my energy to, to succeed at. And so I, I kind of stopped with it. So now when I put it up there, it's, it's mainly that, you know, some of the photos of some of my outfits can also be dumped into other genres as well. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a kink friendly model, I guess is more, a better way to put it at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I see. I think that that's a worthwhile distinction. Yeah, you're not necessarily doing it full time. Yeah, I'm not getting well. I'm not getting paid to do it. That's that's the thing, and I'm not putting out anything at this point that involves, um, you know, nudity or sexual action. You know, that's not what I'm putting out there. So, I guess that's the difference. But. Yeah, understood. But, I mean, hey, I think I love the worth... kinky people. I am the kinky people. Nothing <laughs> against the kinky people. I right. Mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's not exactly what I'm doing now. It's just sort of something I did do. And I think when I started that Instagram, <clears throat> you know, I think there was sort of like a, a a coin toss in the pool that if someone also liked my photographs and they'd be, you know, hey, hey, you want to do it? Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, but I, that hasn't really happened. So it's sort of like a little flag out there, like you know, if you're thinking about it, you, you can you could send me a message. But um, <laughs> I'm not actively doing it or pursuing it right now. Also, it seems like being open with that, um, like I don't know, something about you know, there's a little bit of solidarity with other marginalized kind of like sexualities and genders and things of that nature so you know having someone that just kind of there is shows that part of themselves without actually you know being not not seduced but you know 
they just want to show that kind of thing. Like I can imagine that people find that very, you know, very positive. They do. I, I think it, I think it's disarming. It's disarming to the people you want to disarm around. It. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It makes you approachable to the, the, the folks that you would probably get along with. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're putting things on the table about yourself. And, you know, a lot of my wardrobe is about that too. You know, I'm, you know, I'm putting a lot of things on the table about myself confidently. And that message does get across to other folks. And I get approached by a lot of people. I get a lot of messages about, you know, you're really inspired me or I love that you're sharing this and, you know, thank you for doing that. I mean, even just walking down the street, like I get compliments every day. I uh, literally stop traffic on a fairly regular basis. All of people pull their cars over and not in like a lascivious, uh, like, Hey baby, it's not like that. Um, but like people literally stop their cars and like, you made me really happy today. I like verbatim, like some guy well, the other week just like pulled over. He's like, man, you just, you just made me really happy today. I wanted to tell you. And like, it's, fucking touching it's powerful and oh, absolutely um, so yeah putting all of that out on the table and dressing the way i dress it 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 opens you up to people and i think it lets people open up to themselves and just be i, I don't know it, it's really opened up communication i it it i was expecting a bit more pushback but it's much more um the opposite effect i have way more access to people um, since I've been, you know, dressing cute or playfully or feminine um, than I ever did, than I ever did. I have like so much more access to conversations with people or engaging with them. And that's online and in person than I have in my entire life. It's really strange, but it's, it's, that's the effect that it's had. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's such a good Again, feeling. I'm I mean, sure. That is how, how we met. Um, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, if I was wearing my normal, like, gray shorts and white shorts and would we have probably had the conversation we had we no didn't. i wouldn't have taken a picture of you at all yeah you know uh, i might have talked to you like oh hey other photographer like what are you doing like what 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 have you seen here have you seen anything good exactly it, it would have been about that and and then have a nice day and maybe we would have seen it maybe we would have seen each other on the instagram but maybe not and uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, but it's 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 giving me opportunities to engage with people, and then it gives people opportunities to engage with me. Like I, they, I mm -hmm. guess, they're very approachable because people approach me all the time. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, I saw the beret, and I was like, I've got to talk to this person. Do you know how many you have? Let's see. Let's see now. We got let's take account. We got the purple. We got the yellow. We got the white. We got the navy blue. We have the pink, and uh, there's one more. Oh yeah, there's the light blue. Mm -hmm. That's the one you were wearing when we met. With light blue? Yeah, I believe so. Oh it was yeah, because I was wearing light blue I gray. And those are the. Those are sort of these. You know, Kangol, Kangol hats, that brand of hats. I was going to ask what, what brand they were and so, what, what they were made out of. They're, they're like a knockoff of the Kangol mesh 
hats. Okay. Like yeah. that type of material. So it's like a very light summery one. And those, I don't even know the brand. It's like joy for you now or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Your joy. Um, happiness plus. Um, but something like that. Um, then I have a couple heavier weight ones uh, for autumn, and I would like to pick up a couple more. So I have some color options. But um, so it, I think altogether somewhere be about 12 or 13 that I actually wear, and then probably a few more that I don't. Um, yeah, there's quite a few berets. I've always loved hats since I was a, a kid hats have always been a thing and then i settled in the beret a few years ago is sort of like the thing the universal solvent of all hats is the beret do you have a favorite like That's one a, that you've replaced a lot of times so i have these berets i'm wearing now these colorful ones oh i also have those in gray so they're <clears throat> and that's where these started actually when i was still wearing you know boy clothes more regularly is that i had those gray ones um i don't know i'm really fond of this purple one it seems to go with a lot as far as color wise my it's favorite one color it's a strong the strength it's a regal color it is the color of kings it is the color of kings the color of kings that's a new movie <laughs> coming out with uh Paul Newman's ghost. They're going to CGI him. The color of things. Part <laughs> of the color of money. Um, coming soon. The color of kings. He was dead, but he played pool. Um, so there is a there's a heavier knit gray one that I, I'm very fond of the fit and weight and hand of it. And that's sort of probably my favorite as far as. Um, the way it hangs and everything, but it's definitely not my favorite color one to wear. So that's what I'm trying. I'm very particular about all my shit. Like oh, it yeah. has to like sit and hang in a certain way before I'm happy about it. Absolutely. I feel like we, you have that's to why be. you're on the show. Yeah, that's exactly. why I'm on the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I forgot we're talking going... about photography. Same <laughs> whole category, you know. You're not just going to Target to it's buy whatever is cool or whatever you think looks half half decent, you know, or on right. the other side. No, of I things. have gotten some things from Target. Oh, but, certainly, certainly. Yeah, but they they have to meet the right, you know, meet the right point with you and yeah. how you want if, it to. If, if I'm going to do this, like you know, if 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 I'm going to go walk the streets dressed like a little girl, it better be good, you know, like. <laughs> You know, you can't do that half-assed. Absolutely. Like, it just, well, you can. You're not, you're not going to get the reaction you want. It's got to be good. You got to put it together. Um, and that's not it, admonish someone who can't afford certain things or whatnot, but it's just, if if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, yeah. You know. You have to figure out your aesthetic, essentially. Yes. And different things are going to work for everybody else. And it might not be the thing you, you thought it would be. Right. You know, you might have to arrive at something. So how did you arrive at kind of the, the vibe that you have been, uh, been playing with for the past little while? So I'm still arriving okay. at it. I'm yeah, still figuring there's a lot of, there's a lot of misfires and, um, but it started, 
it started much more just sort of like playful, like definitely still more boyish kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like short alls and a little like stripey shirt or something and a pair of fish head sneakers and sort of at least like publicly, I would have some more like girly stuff for like private. Um, but then as I started doing the public dressing, I started getting, you know, braver also. And I originally sort of like that more kind of like, you know, childish, playfulish kind of look and for myself. But then I also very attracted to that sort of 40s, 50s aesthetic um, in women's clothes. And then that sort of morphs into that kawaii fashion. And I'm trying to add a dash of, you got to be careful about when you use this word. Because they're, they're a savage little bunch. And I warn you, the Lolitas. Uh, the Lolita fashion yes, movement. Yes. So I... I like elements of them, but man, you do not want to tag anything Lolita unless it's purely Lolita. Oh, I can imagine. It goes oh my God. <laughs> oh man. No, they'll look, I'm serious. They will come after you. They're like angry little people. The, the Lolitas. Dude. Um, exceptions. There is a resistance movement within them, but there's, there's a lot of self-appointed gatekeepers to what Lolita is and what Lolita is not. And if, you at all try to mention it in conjunction with other styles or aesthetics they'll they'll bring the hammer down oh, uh, wow. they're they're nuts I'm, this I'm sounds like so you're speaking serious. from experience oh yeah i've i've had them like attack accounts and try to get like things shut down and shit before because i like tagged something lolita that wasn't to their vision of it jesus wow oh, yeah serious and i've other this has happened to plenty of other people too so it's like a little yeah, it's like mafia. a weird, yeah, it's a weird savage little thing. Now there's going to be a Lolita maybe that hears this and hears that, and you're going to get some shit. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I, I apologize it, uh, to any Lolitas that uh, would, come across this. Uh, I'm not talking shit. <laughs> just fascinated. Yeah, I'm just expressing my opinion as a guest. This is not the the views necessarily the views of our hosts. So this is a neutral Lolita show. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so those, I have heard very I've heard a few different voices and I know that you do voice work professionally. So uh I was curious how long you have been at it. And most importantly, how long have you known that you had a marketable voice? So I'm still trying to figure out if I have a marketable voice because I <laughs> get a lot of work outside of my 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 regular client, um, which is this works mainly for financial insurance companies. Okay. Um, but um, I I started I have always wanted to do it like since very early on I think since I was like a teenager or something and it was something I kept putting off for years and years and it's like oh you need to make a demo where you go and so I just didn't get around to it and I did a couple projects I was I was the facilities manager at Port Discovery for like thirteen years oh boy place yeah. I left there in 2019, but I did a few projects with them. And I think those are my first actual recordings I did for something outside of like a performance art thing or a play thing that I just did a voice recording that was to be used in an exhibit or some type of engagement. 
And there was like a telephone that rang and the kids would pick up the phone and it would be like, welcome to Tiny's Diner. How may I help you? And this whole <laughs> thing, I got to order a piece of pie. It's going to be my birthday. And that whole bit. So that was actually the first work I, I did. And I think that might still exist, the diner phone. But. Oh, my God. So you were. Hang on a second. Port Discovery is an enormous children's museum in downtown Baltimore, and mm -hmm. it has all manner of interactive displays. <laughs> so your voice is on one of the exhibits at the museum? Yeah, I, if it still exists. I don't know if it's <laughs> crazy. Not. So, because I haven't been there for three years, but yeah. Yeah, my voice wow, is Wow, yeah, that's really funny. And that's like cool work, cool voice work to be doing. You know, it's not like corporate. It's like to entertain people, specifically children. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. And I, uh, one of the other employees wrote that script at that time. And then I, I think I'm on their kiosk for their, um, there's a touring exhibit they had also for a while, which is like this the farm exhibit or the harvest exhibit. I can't remember exactly what it was called, mm -hmm. but I'm on a kiosk for that about like harvest songs throughout the world. <laughs> sure. And, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Listen to the rhythm. Gang, gang, Sule. And um, yeah, it's just um, that. And I, so I guess that was my official start. Um, and then mainly I do like voiceovers for financial, uh, insurance industry, like blog posts and promo videos, which is like agent to agent stuff. This is not like direct to the public. It's like, you know, do you still have the, do you have the insurance that pays while you're still alive? You know, <laughs> that kind of trust financial group is a trust, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I do some of that stuff. And I do some voiceover. I have one social media client and I do occasionally do voiceovers for their Instagram posts as well. Um, and that is threaded armor. So yeah, I, 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 I run the social media, uh, account for an adult diaper company named threaded armor. So I, wow. I, I am the voice of threaded armor. Threaded right. armor, man. Dude, armor. I, I was gonna say, Benji, your, your voice, up, yeah, sure. like you kind of re remind me of J.K. Simmons, who I absolutely love. So that's who kind of oh like, man comes to yeah mind. a little bit. Oh yeah, shit. I think that's he's like more midwestern, but yeah. you know he's you, a bit more midwestern when he has a Frank. That's the first time I. Yeah, he has a bit of that thing in, in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. I don't, you know, I, I always, that's why I always came to thought, mind immediately. Wow. I love that. Yeah, I don't quite hear it, but I'll take it. Oh, absolutely right. take it. I always thought he should have played the comedian in Watchmen. I oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. That would have been a great casting. Yeah. Yeah. I would I that guy's that guy's great. Wow, yeah, thank he, you. That's a compliment. Of course. Yeah. I'll take it. It. I, I don't know why. I, I feel like he's one of those um, mostly just, you know, sideline characters and things, but I always just find him hilarious no matter what context he's in. And I don't know. Yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, he started off as a character actor, but um, he's kind of coming to his own. He's definitely done some lead now at, at this point. But yeah, yeah okay. there's um, what's that um, movie? extract it's a uh oh Mike god Judge with film. uh jason bateman and mila kunis yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Such yeah, a he's such a good, so good that. What is that? He's calling everybody. He keeps calling every not pinhead. He keeps doofus or so, I don't know. There's there's some catchphrase <laughs> right. he has in that film movie right now. Doofus would sound good in his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doofus or something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, I love the J.K. Simmons. I've yeah. lost. Now we were on voice. We were on. How did I know? I was going to ask you because you said in a call before this interview that you watched a lot of uh, advertisements on television when you were a kid, oh, and yeah. I was going to ask you if any of those have kind of stuck around in your brain and uh, have, have influenced your voiceover work now. I don't think there's like a specific one I could cite, but I think that era, that sort of like uh, late 70s, early 80s is, is towards the end of the, cl- of the classic broadcaster era where you'd hear a man's voice on the radio, that whole thing. Um, I always thought that was so powerful and I, and I just I just loved hearing it and um it, it's it's fading now you don't really hear that so, and the news time is 4:49 p.m. like you don't hear that too much anymore um and and I think there was but yes that did get in my brain there was some sort of authority and regard there, there was something powerful about hearing that to me and you paid attention to it or it was something important, you know, it's mm-hmm. like authoritative. a commercial for like an ambulance chaser was somehow important. It's like your child's brain damage may be caused by cerebral palsy. Oh, you're right. It, it might be you're correct. And you know, you'd pay attention to it still. Um, and, and I, I, I don't know, it, it did set about something. And that is what I'm going for. I want to I be as good as, as those guys were or, or convey that same thing. Because there's a rhythm to it. There's cadence. There's all these lovely little bits and pieces to that presenting it that way, which I think we've lost. And I, I think I was discussing this other aspect with you earlier where it's now it's sort of popular as like the dickhead like dickhead pinchman, like the Ryan Reynolds type or yeah, something. Yes. Like, you see this guy's better than you. What? Whatever. Like, it's just like, and I, it's like, huh? Oh, you're still using ice. That's, that's shit. Ice doesn't keep your drink cold. Why do you think it is that way? Why do you think the annoying voices have won out? Because that's what it is. I think in maybe half of advertisements, there are extremely annoying people. It's okay. I don't know exactly why it is, but I think I can pinpoint when it is and how it developed. So it's, so here's the, here's the inherent problem. The inherent problem in movie-dism, movie-dism, movie-dism. Do you have movie-dism? You should get it looked at. There's in movie-dom and um, sitcoms and such is instead of really fleshing out characters, it's not, it's not the event and what is occurring that is funny anymore. They try to make every character snarky and funny. Like, like every character. Yeah, yeah exactly. Every, every character has like a sarcastic funny. affect. And 
like Marvel Universe currently is just awful with it. Like every character is just like a comedic fucking genius. And it's like, this is not interesting <laughs> to me. Right. You, you know, it's just not. And, and if you look at um, the remake of Ghostbusters, the all female cast of Ghostbusters, um, mm-hmm. it did the same thing. Like the original Ghostbusters, it there's a few jokes in there here and there. There's a few intentionally funny lines, but for the most part, it, it's the interaction and it's the context and it's the face. Not the characters themselves are not trying to be funny for the most part. The new one, that's all it is. Every character is trying to one up the other with how funny they are, and it's not funny. I didn't laugh once during that whole movie, and. There's actually, if you know, uh, look on YouTube, there's a guy who does movie reviews called Mr. Plankett, Red Letter Media. I know, yeah. Okay. He does one on the new new Ghostbusters. You got to watch it. That will explain everything I'm talking about. But if you, I think you can trace all of this all the way back. And I think this is where, this is the source, is Joss Whedon and Buffy. Uh, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I do. I'm a fan. And I, I and especially I like Angel too. But I think he did it right, and he had a certain balance with it, and there was a certain feel to it that somehow worked. But that became, because of its success, and because of it, you know, it it, it lingered around for years and years, you know, it became kind of a cult show. I And he became a more powerful director and better known as well. And I think that became a template and a formula that everyone started following, and then they kept compounding it. and. Not only is it popular, they they force that into popularity. Is that that's sort of what the viewer wants? The viewer thinks now that, oh well, what I want is to be the snarkiest, and I want to be the funniest in the room, and I want the attention that way. So, kind of like I was influenced by the deep radio guy who was sincere and told you this important thing, this important message. Like I desired that effect, and it was the effect I was surrounded by. Now we're surrounded by dicks getting away with everything. I'm a dick mm-hmm. and get away with everything. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a dick and get away with everything. So it's enforcing its own popularity. Uh, that's my theory at this point, is that everybody, I guess, wants to be a dick. I don't know. So we're looking up to them at this point. Maybe it's going to fade. I don't know what the next big thing is going to be. I, I, I have no guess. I think the dicks are here to stay. The dicks are here to stay. I don't know, man. This young generation's throwing curveballs left and right. You know, you don't never know what to come up with next. You can't right. Get, you might just cut the dick off. And it's, right. It's, right. Maybe so. A Shirley Bobbitt situation. A national. Yeah, Bobbitt, the whole thing. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to change forever. No, no offense but, to him, but yeah, like, I, I can't take Ron Reynolds for that much longer. He seems like a cool dude enough, but the. The one character in everything, which, like you said, has translated into literally every production. It's just uh, overwhelming. Yeah. And he's always the same thing. Not that he... Look, the guy's a professional. He, that's a lot of work, what he does. I'm not shitting on his, like... Yeah, he's, he's good his at endurance being that one and his dick. Leader, but, God, it's annoying. And also, I have to say, I'm biased now because, okay, I, I got Mint Mobile. I switched to them back in May. And they just, uh, they hurt me. They hurt me bad. And it was this whole rigmarole 
Mint Mobile is the cell phone company he partly owns and advertises. Oh, gotcha. Oh, there's the connection. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's Mint. It's, 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 I, I renamed it Excrement Mobile. <laughs> nice. That's new. Yeah, solid. Excrement Mobile. It's shit. But um, at any rate, I'm at the point I feel I had to switch over from them to another company at this point because just shit just stopped working and I had bought like a year's worth of service. So Ryan Reynolds owes me $200. <laughs> So Ryan, if you feel it, I want my two hundred dollars, Ryan Reynolds. Well, we'll try to let him know. Yeah, uh, I hope we can facilitate Matt, this. You facilitate, yes, that would be great. But so there's a little, there's a little further bias now, and I have to acknowledge my bias. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm trying. <laughs> to I acknowledge that I'm slightly biased now because now I have this you know, personal thing going on with me and Ryan that we need to resolve. And, um, you know, it's coming out, but I acknowledge it. I see it. I can admit it. You acknowledge you, know? you can go forward. And that's what makes me me. Exactly. It is about growth. We're all stronger for it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Matt, if you have any questions to ask, I, man, this has been fascinating. And Benji, thank you for, uh, for taking the time to chat and it's, it's been hella fun and, I, I very much enjoyed listening yeah. to your uh, your various voices. Yeah, absolutely. And thank Very you welcome. so much for coming, Benji. If you have something that you want to plug, plug away. Yes. Uh, I don't have anything specific. Plug if you need. Hey, if you need professional photography, if you need graphic design, I'm going to work with you at MediaServiceStudio.com. MediaServiceStudio.com. So that that's my website. Um, sort of my talent portfolio out there. I do graphics. I do photography for events or personal photography, boudoir photography. I do voiceover. We know that now, don't we? And if yes, you we do. Yes. Yeah, I can do it. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. MediaServiceStudio.com. That's me. So that's what I'm plugging, I guess. Thank you for the plug opportunity. Of course. I need of a better person. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Is this how we're wrapping up? What's your, how do you close your show? I'm Matt Smith at rebels rogues on Instagram. Uh, give our other episodes and listen at apocalypse duds on Instagram. And if you want to reach out apocalypse duds at gmail.com. And I'm Connor Fowler at Connor Fowler. Matt has given all the other contact information for the show. So please don't be a stranger. We are very responsive. Thank you and have a nice day.